0: trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen we are here to drop knowledge cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way welcome to through thick and skin podcast my name is Megan Patterson and I'm Aaron Jensen and we are on episode 71 71 just chugging along yeah I can't believe 71 okay I know we say that every episode but it's um, like wow people still listen I'm in I have I say this all the time I have patience every day multiple places every day tell me how much they love you any Megan. hot guys no, but they all could have, they're at the age where they could have hot sons. I need to ask. Perfect. Yeah. But they love, they love the Meganisms, the mm. raunchyisms of Megan. They appreciate that. They yeah, do. Yeah. Nobody has told me, like, Megan, you need to calm down. No, I'm waiting for, like, oh, I listened to the bridal episode, you know, and it's, and it's like, oh, my daughter's getting married. I'm like, you're 60 year old woman. Like, you're cool with, Talking about getting your dick wet, like that's like oh yeah, I forgot I said that. <laughs> oh my god, it was a great line. Yeah. And no, no, I was like, oh, so so Megan, that's so true funny. freedom. That's true freedom where I can just say what I want and it's just hate it or love it. Yeah, like, so we're on a roll. I think uh, we got a niche of people who listen, and we have Sean that takes care of our sound, s- makes sound bomb. dot com. And yeah, let's just keep going with it. Yeah, yeah, we had you know we had a lot of good feedback too from uh, the episode we had with our brother. Yes. A lot of people loved it. Um, I think he might have gotten a few dates out of it too. Mm -hmm. So Well didn't hurt we talked about him just flying people to like get a burger or wherever. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Let's go to dinner in Santa Barbara. Well, yeah. We of course. I mean, what girl? Also, I put a story up where he like gave. He bought me a Starbucks and then slipped a hundred dollar bill in my hand. I was like, damn, dude. He's like, go get your nails done. I was like, okay, was he like, Hey, record this. Record this. <laughs> no. no, I was just totally surprised. I was like, damn, dog. But you know, I think he gets cash tips like that from his yes. his clients. So in that episode, I alluded to my Vegas days, and there's one girl who like DMs me all the time. She's like, girl, I need the Vegas ski- tea. Yeah. She's like, spill. The vegas tea and it's so funny actually i speaking of vegas i saw steve aoki last night in la you did i did <laughs> did I- he just like call you up like hey i'm in town yeah, he texted me. He hit me up and said that he was playing. I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm rolling through with my girls." But this is the thing, you guys. I didn't know Steve when I lived in Vegas. No, but you're like friends now. So. But there's like a chronological story behind it. So I'll, we'll get to that. I'll explain. But just Vegas was on my mind, and you guys, the club was cracking last night. Last night COVID it was dead. Yeah, no COVID. What? What? COVID? What? No, it was. I mean, people had masks. Some people had masks on, but um, it was so beautiful. Like to see everyone having a blast and like just i was with my girls and i used to club with these girls like 16 years ago and we were like my one friend was wearing like natural naturalizer sandals (laughs) she's like we're gonna be like those the old pregnant bitch in knocked up where we're not allowed in the club i was like girl we are on the list okay so we just you know nothing feels better than when they're like oh this is vip vip all access i'm like hey now you don't roll any other way well i don't like i'm not saying i get all access everywhere i go but if i don't i just don't go like that's how No Or you I like am. Pay for a cabana Like VIP yeah, cabana Yeah 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 But um, you know It was just a be- It was such a fun time Steve killed it He played such an amazing set And it was just So energizing It just felt like Really good to see people Having a blast yes. So it was a great time I actually got rear-ended On the way to the club Oh yeah You mentioned this Did you they see didn't my tell bumper story. No Oh my gosh I was gosh. running up here Because I was late So me and the girls Were just like On Hollywood Boulevard Just like laughing t- Talking shit And then boom We get hit in the back And I was like What the fuck And this guy pulls over And he was driving having a right side driver car it was like Like, an imported weird ass russian spaceship car i had never seen it before it had like those like batman doors that go up or like yeah like suicide it was so wild yeah and honestly when i got hit i was like i told steve i'd be there in 15 minutes so i was thinking i was like i gotta be there by the time he goes on that's such a bad look if like you get on the list and you don't like acknowledge the artist it's like you don't get asked to be put on a list and don't show up or don't acknowledge it's really bad like no don't do that they went so, out of the way to be on the list you better be there yes and so i was like fuck and the guy was tripping out and freaking out and you know and i asked the girls i was like are you guys okay and michelle was like i'm okay if you're okay and my other friend was like i'm okay if you're okay i was like i'm okay so let's go i was like listen if any of you guys like get vertigo or start to throw up we can totally like go but to the was er it just like you're like cruising hollywood boulevard like a little like 15 mile an hour like bump no it was significant i have like yeah. a little like a little line on my oh, shoot. On my shoulder from it so the joke for the rest of the night because we did go to the club yeah like my car was my car yes my bumper's fucked. Was it scraping like no that's the thing if things were falling apart if you heard like a wicka 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 from the wheel like scraping against something i would have totally been like sorry girls um but no, it actually was fine. I was just more like, God, I hope like the valet doesn't see the back of my car, <laughs> so busted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get to the club, and I was like, uh, the joke of the night. We're like, club whiplash, like. <laughs> We, we started a new club gang called our whiplash gang 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 so we were dancing and it was just so funny we were like the oldest bitches in the club and like whenever the lights would get really like stroby we like covered our eyes because we we're like seizure warning <laughs> but it was it was a blast did you so. come with earplugs no i didn't but i should i should definitely get those it was it was just so much fun so it was a little slice of vegas but um, did you get the guys Information like you exchange insurance information. Oh, yeah, yeah, we 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 did all that. We oh, okay. figured all that out. And you, so. yeah, but you weren't gonna like wait for like a cop. No I, didn't, no, I don't. No, I don't want to wait for a cop and all that. Honestly, I at first I called nine one one and there was like sorry, no one's available, and then it just hung up and clicked. I was like, that is so sketch. Thank you for calling Los Angeles PD nine one one. No one's available. Please try again. Did the, it really do that? Yes and then i was like you know and the dude was freaking out i was like it's all good dude let's just figure this out i think the los angeles one if you get a traffic accident isn't it 511 or there's like a caltrans uh that's a good question maybe there's like chp or like dispatch but yeah yeah, it was on a boulevard so so anyways it was it was a good time so people want to know the dirty dusty details how do you know steve aoki from your past life tell us about vegas yeah where did you live what did you do Okay, so Steve Aoki is not... We're not... That's No, Oh, that's yeah, not... Yeah, he's not in the, this episode. Sorry, sorry. I okay. didn't know him when I lived in Vegas. Got it. I moved to Chicago on a whim just because I was in the mood and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to move to the Midwest. So I chose the best city in the Midwest, Chicago, and I was working for American Express Travel. And I was doing like corporate leisure there's different sectors in travel so like the travel agent that your grandma used to go to like that's called leisure so Mm -hmm. they would plan your like cruises and bahama trips i was a different travel agent but our brother michael worked for this guy in vegas and i was trying to get more clients and i told michael i was like give me this dude's number like i want to book his travel i was trying to source clients nobody was doing that but i was like i want to like because i would make commission on the airline tickets so michael gave me this guy's number And he was so hard to nail down. And then finally one day he called me and he was like, hi, you're Michael's sister. I need two tickets to Minneapolis leaving at 5 PM today. And I was like, what the fuck? Like who, what? And I like, that was the beginning of being, of working with him as his travel agent. And we just got along really well. We had an amazing rapport and I was working for Amex. Michael was working for him and I was booking his travel. And one day he was like, Megan, why don't you work for me? And I was like, um, uh, this is on a recorded line. So (laughs) how about we chat later? And, um, And I got his cell phone from my brother and or he got my number from him and he was like, let's seriously talk about this. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, it was just so quick and so crazy. At that moment, I was living in Chicago. I was there for about two years and I was ready to move back. Like it was February, like winter had kicked my ass the second winter in Chicago and i was just lonely and i was just like dude i think i want to be back in california and so this guy was like i want to i want to interview you. i want to meet you and i was like well i you know i shit i don't know when i can i don't know when i can fly to la i'm like i'm going to san francisco this weekend and he was like okay i'll fly up to i'll have your brother fly me to san francisco like pick a place and i'll interview you he just met you in san francisco yes that's baller status right there up. he flew up to interview just me. to find you Look, yeah he knew you were special megan yeah he knew he knew and he definitely he she showed that too so we meet up i pick an amazing i pick michael mina and he was so impressed by that he was like oh i've always wanted to try and i was like this is just a taste boss of how i'm going to elevate your life <laughs> so we had an incredible and it wasn't even like an interview we just had lunch and he gave me a book to read and he was like read this and let me know what you think we'll talk During later During the interview it wasn't even an interview or at that, like a meeting. I, no, I like dressed to the nines and I was ready to be like, my Pencil strengths skirt. and weaknesses are I've, I'm a really good team player, but no, he was like, so what's up, Megan? Like, how, how's it going? What's up? Tell me about you. And then he's like, I want you to read this book and then call me. What book was it? The Rockefeller way. Hmm. I don't remember what it was about. Oh, if he knew that, he'd be like, Megan! Because that was like his mantra. That was like the ethos of the company was the Rockefeller way. It's about efficiency. Mm-hmm. It's about John D. Rockefeller and how he like transformed, I think, the logging industry or just made things efficient and it just kind of propelled the way bis- manufacturing is run because he had a manufacturing company. So yeah, it was a dance for like a, a, one or two months and he wanted to hire me as his personal assistant. And um, like, I'll never forget, we were in Cabo. With all your friends And he sent me the email He's like I want to hire you This is the contract Take a look Let me know what you think And I was like Oh my god and I was like, I'm moving back to Cali because his, uh, he was based out of San Bernardino. And so I got hired, you know, he, I went to the office in San Bernardino and he was like, day one, he wasn't even there. He was like, Hey, just a heads up, we're moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> and like- I was like, Bring it on. Cause at that point I was living with dad and it was just like, in upland, boring. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And I, you know, I was just like, uh, like if I worked in San Bernardino, I was like, Where am I going to live? That's yeah. like cool, you know? So I was like, I'm so game. I was like, bring it on, boss. So I had to, I was his right hand woman. Like, my role was not limited. It was whatever had to get done, got done by me. Yes. So if I had to delegate it to like the CFO or the VP or the pilot or something like that, he didn't care how it got done. You just had to get it done. Absolutely. So he was like, okay, cool. He's like, we got to move everybody up to Vegas. So figure that out. And I was like, Okay, I don't know the password to the computer. Like I see he threw me in the deep end, which was one of the best things he could have ever done. And we completely relocated his company to Nevada. It was actually really exciting, like the state of Nevada like was the state of Nevada and the state of Texas were fighting over us because they yeah. wanted to to bring business. They wanted to bring factories and stuff like yes. that. Yes. California is not very friendly for businesses. business friendly. Yeah. It's not business friendly. and st- other states know that and they are ready. To take oh, yeah. your business. Yeah. I mean, Ohio has like an aggressive billboard campaign. I don't know if you've seen that on the freeway. No. It's like traffic doesn't exist in Ohio. On the 210 going eastbound. Oh, like come to Ohio. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, Ohio, you are not cool enough. Nevada, would- Texas and Arizona I can get down with. Yeah. I'd go to like Idaho. Oh, a lot of Californians are going to Idaho. Yeah, Ohio. They're made- Coeur d'Alene is supposed to be really kind of chic now. Yeah. But um. so, yeah. So I, I was all about like, I was just really inspired by my boss's like you know, he's like, this would be better for the company, you know, like, and I was like, and, and when it came down to Nevada, because we met up with the governor, had some, I have a picture I'll put up of me and the governor. He was so hot. He was such a silver fox. We flew up to Reno to see him. It was really cool to meet him and he incentivized us to come to Nevada. And then we just had like realtors reach out to us. Like I arranged tours to have the employees like, you know, visit apartment complexes, houses, like anything they needed. I like he didn't direct me. He just gave me a a problem. And I was like, okay, this I'll fix it. Was this via email, text message like they didn't have slack blackberry messenger oh okay i had a blackberry and an iphone like i said one for the money one for the honey so the the money one was the blackberry and i loved my BlackBerry. Did you have a BlackBerry? I never had a Dude. I think it had the, was the Palm like the later version of it. That wasn't even the phone. I don't know. Capacity. No, I never had a BlackBerry. Blackberries were the shit because it had a full blown keyboard on it so you could write like an essay in the dark of the club <laughs> because you could feel the buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just bricks and like I loved it. So and also the BBM like messenger service was pretty good. So you know when he was in other parts of the world like I could contact him really easily but yeah he was never up my butt like he never trained me. He never he literally threw me in the deep end yep. and was just like figure it out and there are some moments where I was really frustrated like I just was like oh you know like but I need to know this answer and he would be like I figured it out bye mm-hmm. bye shut the door and I'd be like no but when I left <laughs> you know like I had transformed into like the baddest bitch that ever walked into mm-hmm. Vegas you know like because he, he knew you could handle it He yeah he taught me a lot and that was he was never threatened by me he was never like He never wanted to diminish me. He was always very uplifting. He was always like, whatever you need to make this shit work, it'll happen. So, like, I didn't have to get, like, budget approvals. Like, I didn't have to, you know, he'd be like, go furnish my house. I'd be like, dope. I never asked the budget. He was just like, make, he's like, spend the money like it was yours and make it look good. And I did. And he would never approve it. If I asked him for approval, he would be like, get out of here. Like, leave me alone. Like, you are wasting my time. And for a lot of people, they might be really, like, offended by that. Mm -hmm. But he had set a tone that this is, like, this is a respect. Like, I respect you enough to keep it real with you. And also, I want you to learn that, like, you cannot bog me down with this shit. That's why you are the assistant. That's why I am not picking out the the color of the carpet that yes. is your job you know like i picked you because you have taste you have expertise and he trusts you oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you know it was i mean sometimes i wouldn't talk to him for days i would get a random email from him you know or like i wouldn't see him for a month month or two then you know sometimes i would you know spend entire days with him like it was just so exhilarating no day was ever the same i was living on the strip um, I was living in Veer Towers. Now, ha- I know a lot of the people from the company were living in the suburbs like Summerlin. Yeah. But he's like, you can go live wherever. Or like obviously oh, you can, but Yeah. Like, why? It's like just this is where the headquarters is for, you know. So yeah, the headquarters was in like South Vegas. And um, so my Michael bought a house in Summerlin mm-hmm. um because Michael wanted to like have a mortgage and a pool and shit. I was like, uh I actually uh, made an offer on a condo in old Las Vegas. Cause at that time, Tony Shay yeah. rest in peace was building up Zappos and um, was really trying to make old Vegas like, San Francisco yeah like he was pumping money into like you know like little apartment buildings and there was this old building that had a condo in it that had an incredible view it was it was stunning and I put a bid in I was I was like I don't know how I'm gonna afford this but and they totally denied it and declined it so I there was a blessing because I'm you know I would have had been a homeowner and I probably yeah. would have had to stay in Vegas a lot longer so I it was seriously like Goldilocks when I was looking for a place to live in Vegas as a single 27 year old woman mm-hmm. I was like okay I could live in South Vegas because it's really cheap, but like it's kind of, you know, you need a car to go everywhere. Yeah. Um, I could live, I can get a fat mansion, you know, that I could rent a house for like literally $1,200, like a three bedroom with a pool. That's how cheap shit was in in um, Vegas at the time. But then I was like, maybe I could live in on the Strip. In the main drag of the Strip, the Veer is the only pure residential tower. Did you, I had no idea there were residence on the strip exactly you know how did you find that out through a realtor yeah because i was like that's too hot you know, I was like, it's too cold to live super burby. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's too hot to live on the strip. But then when I toured the place, I was like, this place is sick. Rooftop pool, gym, valet, floor to ceiling windows. I could see the MGM. I could see McCarran Airport from my bed. Um, and it was uh, it was a one bedroom and it was sixteen hundred bucks. Wow. It felt like a, the bathroom was like a hotel. I had like a, a, a tub. It was, a shower. It was like all white. It was super pristine, mm-hmm. way different from anything I'd ever lived in because I lived in San Francisco where it was all like Victorian and crown molding and stuff like that. So it was balling and nobody was at the pool because I had I worked like odd hours. So all the people who lived in Veer were either like snowbirds or like kind of like temporarily there or they worked at what republic or they're bartenders or they worked at the hotel so their weekends were like Tuesday Wednesday. Yeah. So I'd be up there on the weekend and there's like an infinity pool and I'd have Michael over and we would just like go to the pool and kick it. Um it was super and I, you could see the entire strip like It was amazing everyone looked like ants on the strip and so i could walk to vidara so like if i wanted to grab a snack i would go to like wolfgang puck cafe in crystals oh my gosh which is crazy you know or if i wanted to grab a slice of pizza there was a place in vidara this is pre-doordash yes pre-doordash so this is like 2014 i think Mm -hmm. and so my boss at the time he had me we acquired a condo in the cosmo and um, before the recession hit, there's two towers at Cosmopolitan Hotel and East and a West Tower. And one of the towers was supposed to be exclusively residential. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was being built, there were 12 people that put up the money to 12 or 13, I think, put up the money to own a condo in the East Tower. But then the recession hit and they're like, oh, mm. shit, we can't make this residential. We have to make it all hotel rooms. Yeah. Except they had to fulfill the promise to those owners. And your old boss was one of them. No. So. Oh. My old boss bought one from one of the original 13. So somebody had sold it. But we, you know, most people owned the condo and it was like a time. It was almost like a timeshare where. They owned it, but the Cosmo could rent it out in their behalf and make money for it. Yeah. But my boss is a one of a kind man. And he was not going to have it in the rental pool um, because when the hotel owns your little timeshare, they could take it for high occupancy mm-hmm, weekends. Mm-hmm. So that means no Labor Day, no Memorial Day, no Fourth of July, no New Year's. Why would you want to own something if you couldn't party there no. on the highest, you know, the best weekends? So my boss um, was like take it out the pool he's like let's completely gut it and i was like oh my god what a nightmare like we had to shut down water of the entire floor of the hotel like the director of ops like he probably hated hated us oh they hated us because but you're legally entitled to that absolutely Mm -hmm. but that's that's the attitude of my old boss is Mm -hmm. like he was like you know like apologize later like go for it you know what i mean like he was he was a really kind of like fearless man and so and he wanted it to look a certain way and he wanted a certain shower head and he wanted a certain shower Mm -hmm. so we had to like change out the fixtures and that meant shutting off the water and working from 3 to 4 a.m you know like but once again i would bring that to him and he'd be like cool figure it out like at the at by that point once we had gotten that deep and working with him i did not ask him he never said why did you do this he never said he never questioned my purchases. He never, like, I never had to worry about that. And it built a lot of confidence. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of my confidence came from having a guy who was like, who trusted me. And he also, the only thing he said, he was like, spend my money like you would spend yours. Yeah. So, can I justify this purchase? If I am buying this upgraded chandelier, why? And I would say because actually it's like a beautiful local Vegas artist, I think it's really a cool showpiece or it's vintage and it represents the Rat Pack days. And he'd be like, dope, Megan, like what an exceptional, you know, that's so hospitality. He loved the hospitality aspect for me. Like we had so much fun going to restaurants. I'd always book amazing restaurants for him. Um, like he, he had a manufacturing business, but he also had like a real estate portfolio. Like he would just send me out and be like, go buy a house. And I'd be like, okay, so what area, what room? And he'd be like, "That, that, 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 that. I, I'm sorry, I got to go. And I'd be like, what? He made me buy a house sight unseen. Sign the contract, do the comps, do the explore. What is it? The examination? What do they call it? Um, the run through? Um, I seriously, I was yes. like, I need, I need $400,000. And he's like, okay, he didn't see. Yeah, inspection. Mm -hmm. So um, he taught me so much. And I mean, when I was in Vegas, I lived a very lean life in the sense that like, I did not have a social life. That was the first time in my life. Well, I did. I had a few friends. Mm-hmm. I had a few friends that were DJs up there. So I would go and kick it with them and hang out with them and watch them play. Like I would go to, you know, win on a Wednesday night. Like I didn't, I would maybe meet up with friends at like Wet Republic or something on a weekend. But it was so weekend warrior for me that I just, I felt like, ugh exhausted by it. You were just tired. Yeah. You, Cause you were mostly Monday through Friday or like on call, like 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was definitely on call 24-7. Like I slept with the ringer on at all times, both phones by my bedside. I'd keep my phones ringers on in the shower. Like I would literally, I, he had a special ring. And it's funny because Blackberry I no longer use, but when I would hear that Blackberry ring in the wild, I would like have a twitch and like a tick. Can you put that on the Instagram post of what the ring is? I'll have to find ring. it because it's seriously like scar. because when I heard that ring, I mean, my boss didn't call me. Sometimes he'd just call me and shoot the shit. Cause he was like in his car and he wanted to talk yeah. stuff out. But other times, because he let me do whatever I wanted, he just kind of was like, when he'd call, I'd be like, Oh shit, this is a known or like a nine one one. But yeah, he was, um, so me and Michael worked together. Mm-hmm. So like my boss, Michael was the chief pilot. I was his personal assistant. So Michael and I, were a, a set of twins like my our boss like owned a set of twins mm-hmm. it was a very cool flex actually is, yeah because it's like you have a really strapping pilot you have a bodacious amazon woman and i wore like mm-hmm. high heels mm-hmm. he, he didn't care i was taller than him and he didn't he didn't make any remarks he wasn't threatened by that no he was like he was like fuck yeah that's my badass personal assistant you know like that's my right hand and he was very very big on like you're not beneath me he's like the only way you can make me good look good is if you look good Mm -hmm. is if you and not like physically but one day i was like hey i really want a gym membership he's like tell hr they'll pay for it like i was like i really want he's like just take care of it yeah because he knew that if i was in tip-top shape mentally physically spiritually that i would make him even more and so when you invest in your employees like that like it created a deep loyalty i mean that's why like at your birthday dinner remember we went to birthday and i like skipped the entire dinner because i was on a call with china Mm, yes i remember that like my steak went cold and aaron's like what i was like it's the name of the game baby i was like i'm sorry this is my loyalty that i end to, <laughs> not this to man. my sister but to my boss no yeah yeah what well, was i gonna say oh sorry boss like i know that person's stuck in shanghai but i have to finish my steak that's the thing with this type of job and it's not meant for everybody it really isn't like you have to be a certain breed of person um i wonder what he saw in you to know you could succeed in that that's like, a great just, question just from um you know I, I see him every once in a while and i swear like i get i like use those like 10 minutes to just pick his brain about mm-hmm. business because he is a he's, he's a, a brilliant wise, man yeah, and he, he really you know he came he didn't come from uh, you know he didn't he wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth mm-hmm. he earned everything he had and i really admired that about him so yeah like michael and i you know it was just so it was so much fun i would okay so my day-to-day life in vegas i would wake up at 5 a.m i'd go to boot camp i'd usually run into somebody in the lobby who was just coming home like Always, like I was some drunk girl or a stripper or like a card player. Like I was like an anomaly in my building. In your workout clothes, at oh my work. Yeah. And then I'd do boot camp, and then I would um, get a really nice iced coffee from a place in downtown Vegas. Support local. Then I'd get ready, slip on a pencil skirt. I was like. 60 pounds lighter it was crazy it was because i had nothing going on like all i was doing was working out eating turkey meatballs and mashed cauliflower (laughs) and like maybe going to yoga and just drinking water and stuff so it was i had a very lean life because i wasn't out like eating pasta with my girlfriends yeah any sort of big ces agenda any sort of big convention was always popping i always had friends coming to visit everyone came and stayed at my place everyone wants to go to vegas you know so that's another reason why he picked it you know like the vegas is a three-hour drive i mean you could almost get to vegas in the same amount of time you are flying um yeah you know from start to finish you know faster than driving to la from where i live sometimes yeah yeah exactly so um i would go you know so he you know so he had a property in the cosmo at the mandarin i lived in between both so i would literally walk back and forth the valet knew me like they always took care of me Mm -hmm. i always took care of them i did everything for that guy that was legal you know, and morally sound. I mean, there was, there was nothing, there was nothing I said, I can't do that. Or like, it's not possible. Like he was. And so he taught me so much. He taught me so much about confidence and, um, you know, travel. I managed travel for his entire company. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I managed travel for his... You know, like I handled... He had a, a, fa- a factory in Mexico. We would go back and forth a lot. When I would visit the factory in Mexico, they called me La Reina, which is the queen. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he... And my boss speaks fluent Spanish as a white man, which was really, really cool to see how much he... You know, the, the, his Mexican employees really appreciated that. Like they felt like they could really connect with him. Um, and yeah, it was just... There's just so many stories (laughs) that I'm like, I mean, and in Vegas, like you, I had, you know, I had some fun times, you know, like I, I, like I would go, it was just, I was on my Sharon stone. There's some moments. You're like holding back. What are you holding back right now? I mean I know you were like sober so it wasn't, I know like, the this is the, that I, crazy. Wasn't, I wasn't partying Like yeah. I would seriously I think the security Guards thought I was a hooker <laughs> in these Casinos because I was always being by my myself and I'd be Walking <laughs> through and like checking on Things but I was going the to the madam You were the, like the madam yes I give off Madam vibes yeah. for sure I wish I, Bunny ranch yes that's my next Episode story my time at bunny ranch when I was A madam I was no, like just, you've been to the bunny no, ranch No I wish no I haven't been but um, Yeah I mean like my boss would just He never he you know If I was like, hey, boss, like, can I use the jet to go here? He'd be like, yeah, if you can justify it. You know, charge the fuel to the Amex. And fuel in a jet, like Michael said, is like $50,000. And so, like, I... You know, like I would, he had a fleet of cars. I would move his cars around sometimes if I was just kicking rocks and like waiting for phone calls, I would just go take his Porsche to get a car wash. I met like the hottest Silver Fox of my life. Okay. So when you have a Porsche, you don't go to a hand wash, you know, or like you don't go to like the one drive-through of those. The drive through ones. Yeah. Mobile. Like, would you like a car wash today? No. So I would go to this one car wash that was like, you, your car would Like pull hand in. wash not just hand wash they would pull your car into a garage that the the floor was a sealed white paint and they had like five dudes in black on black like massaging your car lights on it like it was one car at a time and then you were on the other side of this glass pane where you would just watch the car being washed Hmm. it was really cool so i was in there one day and i was just sitting there watching the porsche and this really hot silver fox walks in and he's all frazzled he like has dry cleaning in his hand and he like opens his laptop and i was just like I was playing it cool, you know. I'm like looking at my Porsche, <laughs> Porsche. quote unquote, and uh, and I and I look at him and I'm just like on one, and I was like, "What's? You look a little." He's like, "Oh yes," and he had a little bit of an accent, and I was like, "Huh?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm here for the Grammys." I was like, "The Latin Grammys?" Uh-huh. And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Hablas español?" And he was like, "Si, sí, porque tú." And I was like, "Oh well." And I, we start talking in Spanish. And he was just like, "Oh my god. Like, who's this blonde girl getting her Porsche washed? What is she? Where is she?" He was so intrigued. And um I was like, "Well, you know, if you need a date, give me a call." And I slipped him my business card. No, I slipped him my business card and he gave me his. And we exchanged it and he was just like drinking me up with his eyes. Like What what was his role for the Latin Grammys? i'll tell you oh because okay. i went to the latin grammys with him <laughs> i forgot about this <laughs> so papi papi viejo my viejo that means old so my viejo he so like two days go by and i'm like this fool hasn't hit me up what the fuck so i text him i'm like hi this is the wera the white girl from the car wash and he like calls me immediately he's like oh my god where have you been i texted you you don't respond to me and i was like i never got your text and I was like, maybe you got, cause I had two numbers. So I was like, maybe you got the numbers mixed up. He's like, no, he's like, I have the Latin Grammys tonight. You want to come? And I was like, yes, I'll be there. And then I was like, book, what do you wear to the Latin Grammys? So I go into my closet. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I wear? And then I was like, boom, I saw the tags on from ASOS. Once again, oh, black, like on black. It was a keyhole slit. So the cheat, you just see the slit of the Chi Chi's. Mm-hmm. Uh, floor length, long sleeve, slit to the clit on one leg just smashing and mind you i was fit so i didn't have to wear spanx at that point like Like, why did you have that dress just in case just in case i met a silver fox at a car wash and he wanted to invite me to the latin grammys (laughs) hello that's hot girl shit that's what you do you keep dresses on deck in case you need to be somewhere last minute that was my life in Vegas. I didn't know if I had to be somewhere. I had I had to stay on top of it. I had to stay ready. So I, I was like, well, here goes nothing, you know? So I get in my little dress and I go and it was popping. It was so cool. Like there were so many, like I met so many cool like Latin artists and like cool producers and stuff like that. And yeah, it was. And then I was just like his date for the rest of the night. And I, and he was being a gentleman, but um, he was kind of like. Kind of like testing the waters. And by the, and then we went to a club at the end of the night. And then finally I was like, fuck it. And I just kissed him. Well, d- did you do more than that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because now dad listens to this podcast. Dad told me he listens to the podcast. You've already talked about worse than oh, this. Oh my gosh. I know. But it was... It was okay, well, honey, so yeah. caliente, caliente. <laughs> so what did caliente? he do? What, who was he? He was a, he was a producer. He was like a, a music producer, but then he also had a manufacturing company. He was from Mexico City. He had like silver fox hair and blue eyes. Uh, did you like talk to him afterwards? Yeah, he. It's crazy. He, I, I met up with him again. He came up and In to Vegas. Yeah, he came up to Vegas and we met up and had a drink, and then. Yeah, nothing happened. I didn't have sex with him. I I honestly didn't have sex with him. But um, yeah, so then he came back. And it's funny because he kept in touch. When I moved back to L.A., we had dinner a few times, but it just really fell flat. He was like going through it like like his divorce was really messy and there was like child custody issues and just the allure was gone. When you're in Vegas, there's a something switches. It is so, it's so true. I know exactly what you're saying. When you are a square bear, total mousy chick, as soon as you land at McCarran, your hot girl comes out. Yep. You're like a little more loosened. You're a little more uninhibited. Like that's why as much as people want to say like, oh, Vegas is trash or it's this, that or the other. From a hospitality standpoint, Vegas is the most fascinating place on earth. I think beyond Atlantic City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Vegas was a dirt, desert less than like 100 years ago mm-hmm. like there was nothing in vegas no. and the mobs and mormons built up this incredible city that creates not only really cool experiences for people like a dj but you know like shows uh you know tours like britney spears and gwen stefani christina aguilera mariah carey those are just some lady gaga people who have residencies there um the art of hospitality is is like I I just I fucking loved it like Mm -hmm. I loved it except for the fact that I missed out I missed my friends yeah like or I'd miss a family thing like where there'd be some nights where I was like my friends were like oh we're going to this club in LA and and to see this DJ and I was like you know what I want to go and I'd hop in my car at five o'clock because the jet was taken you know Mm -hmm. and I'd be like I'm on my way And I would just drive into L.A. straight from Vegas, just three Red Bulls deep, being like, let's party because I wanted to hang out with my friends. But I did make a few friends in Vegas that I still kind of keep in touch with. But they were in the DJ world. Well, sorry, they're so transient, too. Like they come and go. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, it was fun when my friends came in for like Agenda or CES or something or for like Christmas Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it was just really lonely. So Vegas is an amazing place to get your hustle on. Mm -hmm. So Vegas is the place you go to if you want to. Be a hot-ass bottle service girl where your life is completely dependent on how hot you look. Yep. No cellulite in your ass. How tan you are. Like bottle service girls, think about a bottle. So these like, you know, like, um, you You're know. You're selling the allure, the sex allure. You're not selling vodka. It's like $1,000 yes. for a, a liter of vodka. Totally. The, the you know, the the magnum of gray goose or whatever, it's you're paying for the space, yes, for the treatment, for the refill of ice, for the attentiveness, for the clout. You're up in a certain yep. area. So these bottle service girls, they work their ass off. They deal with assholes. They deal with entitled people. But if you say some bougie guy bought a fifty thousand bottle of cognac, mm-hmm. they get an automatic twenty percent gratuity. Yeah. Those hoes walk away with wads of cash yeah. and buy houses with cash, buy Benzes with cash. Like they're li- they're, their job is to look hot, but also be really quick, yep. be really sharp, be really smart. So I have so much respect for the people who work in hospitality, like even like the club handlers, the DJs, um, just the hospitality workers, you know, because people do go to Vegas with an idea like I'm going to get fucked up or mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to do stuff I'll never do at home. Bachelor parties like you have to deal with a lot of messes. Yeah. Like the dark side of Vegas, like so deaths well. and ODs, yeah, and just like crazy, messy, you know, blood, poop-stained hotel rooms. <laughs> that stuff happens. And if you I think know. about it, hotels in Vegas are massive, huge, massive, three thousand rooms. Nothing 3, you you don't hear anything like that anywhere else in the world. No. New York doesn't have that much space. San Francisco doesn't. L. A. doesn't. Three thousand rooms, one after another after another mm-hmm. of those size hotels. Yeah. So I, you know. I really had a great time. The, the tipping point for me was that I it was really hard for me because I'm a social creature. It was like, OK, I could have this Sharon Stone lifestyle where I was a ball busting bad bitch that had the keys to the city. I could go anywhere I want. I could do anything I want. But it was like by myself. Yeah. Or, you know, also Tinder. Like the last time I was on Tinder was when I was living in Vegas and a guy I met who was a local. So you get a lot of Tinder guys who come through, you know, mm-hmm. cuz they're on vacation, so yeah, if you want a quick hookup. But I wanted to date this guy and he was super cool and he like born and raised Vegas and he gave me strep throat. <laughs> and I had it. So I was okay, so I was um about a year and a half in. I was going a lot of back and forth. So I was like back and forth in LA just doing like work stuff and I was going to Vegas and I was like I want to date somebody and so I met this guy and he was like a local Vegasan. Vegas I v- Vegasian I don't know What that is But um, we had a great time He was fun And like He was cool He uh, he worked at the Neon Museum actually Oh really Yeah which we have We have visited Which is really cool And um, yeah And he gave me Strep throat And at that time I had And he totally ghosted me And I called him out For real I was like Listen fucker You gave me mm-hmm. Strep throat Which had me Hospitalized Because I didn't Take care of it and so you're not going to dump me in a text. Like, I'm going to let you know this isn't cool. And he was like, oh, well, like, can I like, you know, maybe we can grab brunch or breakfast. I was like, I don't no new friends. Like Drake says, I don't need new friends. You cannot go back from that, you know? Um. So anyways, I was in a grad. I enrolled in a grad school program at UNLV and I had to drop. That was another sign. I got denied the house and I had to mm. drop my grad school program. I was doing like a little baby MBA or something. Yeah. Boss was paying for it. He was super cool. He was like, he was very, very cool. He was like, if you move to Vegas, I'll give you some money to throw at a down payment on a house. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're being loyal to me. I'll be loyal to you. Like, let's let's get it. And a, a majority of his employees did move to Vegas with him. Yeah. Um, He's had people with him for a long time. Yeah. For oh, long time, oh, like through. 15, 16 years. Yeah. And that's just in, you know, not including Mexico. But um, yeah. So like. It was it was a brilliant time. I look back on it, and some sometimes I like miss it. Like when I go to visit Vegas now, and I think about like how I knew like the VIP host and how I could like walk in or or how I could just you know drop my boss's name and it was handled and something like that. But beyond that, just the feeling of like accomplishment, like I did it. Mm-hmm. Like Michael had said, he was like, I don't know how you did it, because Michael worked for the same man, mm-hmm. and I, I you know he could have been intimidating to some because he did not. Pussyfoot. He no. did not sugarcoat anything. I mean, the only time he made me cry <laughs> was that asshole who gave me strep throat. So I, he, he, I got a tickle in my throat, and I was like, "Oh, it's nothing. I'll just drink orange juice and get over it." Mm-hmm. And then he told me, he's like, "Oh, I got a culture test and I have strep." I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's weird. I'll just power through it." And so I tried to power through it. Day three, day four, I started to have a hard time breathing. I went into the urgent care. They shot me with um, steroids then i woke up and i was like it's getting worse and the stress compounded it yeah. the stress made it so worse and i was afraid that like my boss couldn't rely upon me cuz i had never been sick before like with my boss like i i do not call in sick for mm-hmm. anybody and so i was just more concerned about him and he was like no don't like i'll take care of it just fucking get better you know like the more you drag this out the less time like the more you're going to be out and i need you so like just leave me alone and like just handle your biz and sleep and whatever so i was out for 2 weeks that's a fi- long time for you. I finally went to a doctor where she's like, if you don't sit down I remember that. and stop doing anything, she's like, I mean, don't do the dishes. She's like, don't, cause I'm like, oh, cool. I got time at home. I'll reorganize my closet. Uh-huh. I'll do the dishes. She's like, no, do not do the dishes. Leave them piled up. Do not move your body. She's like, this is becoming worse. I gained 20 pounds in two weeks mm. cause I just ate so much white bread. Um, Like I was eating just like white bread and crackers, drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah crackers Gatorade. and stuff. And so, um, so yeah, I, I came back out of that two week coma <laughs> and I came back into work in the office and my boss happened to be there and I had my own office with a private office and I had the door, like he just came in. I, he's usually never there and he pops his head and he's like, Hey, and I was so swollen and puffy and mm. nasty oh, and and on steroids too. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. just looked like shit because I was crying all morning because the <gasps> shithead had texted me. I don't want to see you anymore. Cause I was like, hey bae, I'm feeling better now. What's up? Cause the entire time he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. You feel so bad. I feel so bad. Blah, blah, blah. I hope you get better, like that. Just feeding me game. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I'm back. What's up? He's like, oh, I started dating someone else. And You're I like-, like lost it in my office. So he like pops his head and he's like, hey, Megan Hot. <laughs> and he's like okay I'll come back later and then he closes the door and I'm just like bawling in my office and then like the after and then the whole day passes I'm crying all day long and then I go into his office because he's like I need to get something out of it and he looked at me and he was like whatever the fuck mm-hmm. is going on with you you need to get it together he's like you need to snap out of it and get your shit together Go splash some water in your face I don't know what's going on and in that moment I want to be like fuck you boss you don't know what just happened to me to which he would have been like what happened and i'd be like my tender boyfriend gave me (laughs) he dumped me through a text message and he would have been like shut the fuck up and get to work you know like he had no no sympathy no and looking back on it i would have talked to me the same way he would have but i didn't respond to him i said you're right i was like i need to get it together and then that night I ran into Riff Raff at my apartment building and he told me to get pad thai, which I've already talked about. If you don't know about that story, you need to listen to the old episodes because Riff Raff lived in my building and he helped me get through this this tragic two-week breakup. I mean, I honestly was dating the guy I I don't even think I had sex with him. He like felt me up under my spanks. It was <laughs> if any of you know that I mean so you don't get that you can wear Spanx with your husband and he you know like but when you're dating you have to you know walk this fine line strategically take off your Spanx before you're gonna hook up yeah yeah. but but also you know a guy can feel that you're like cinched and tight and it feels good and you look a certain way in a dress but then you're like excuse me I'll be right back (laughs) sometimes you don't have time to like rip off full body Spanx before you're getting down so I was wearing like a full blown Faja and this guy just went for it and I was like (laughs) But, you know, it was black, so he maybe thought it was, was like, it a slip. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, a vintage pin-up thing. But, no, it had a snap at the crotch. He didn't care. <laughs> he was going for it. It was it was hilarious. But that was what – you know, it's funny. When I would go on date – when I was like, okay, Megan, you're just going to have a drink with him. You're not going to hook up with him. Just keep slow and low. So, I would just, like – I wouldn't shave my legs, and I would wear fahas or, like, undergarments. To stop you. Yeah. Didn't stop that, no. dude. No. <laughs> and then, you know, what's funny is when I, like debil- – what's it called? Like – um depilatorize my whole body yeah. nothing happens no, no it's this weird the The guys can sense the energy they're like oh it's like spent- your pheromones they can like smell it on you yeah yeah they're like you know what i smell pubes <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I smell pubes. She's primed and ready to roll. But then when you don't have it, he's like, I'm not turned on nah. because they're they're cavemen. No, Men they are, are cavemen. They really are. They're you know they're they're prehistoric sometimes in their in their senses. So, but yeah, it was just it was it was a fantastic time. And yeah, I would just have like I. I hooked up with this one guy who was like in town for a hotel convention i'd i'd met him once in chicago and there's something when you land at vegas it just a, it's hor- a, a horny factor yep. kicks up yep i don't know i think because everyone's just like i'm here for a good time not a long time yeah what happens in vegas stays in vegas yes um you know within reason like you might like and i've also heard of people like meeting cool like you know hookups and they stay in touch or they eventually get together but i really love that as much as people want to talk smack on vegas about like how it's one-dimensional or it's kind of gross when you look at the history of Vegas there's no other place in the world like Vegas It's so intriguing yeah it's very very intriguing Mm -hmm. and I love the history of it there's a lot of cool mid-century modern houses like crystal houses that he was a well-known designer in Vegas that's really cool so I got to know that like I I learned about beyond the strip because although I lived on the strip I would go work out in downtown Vegas I would DJ in downtown Mm -hmm. Vegas sometimes um but you know and I dated a few guys I dated one guy who was really fun um he, so crazy story. So I was at the airport. So when you park far out in the airport, they'll bring a golf cart to get you. And this guy picks me up in the golf cart. And I was like, I think I've met you before. And he's like, yeah, like I'm a dancer. And I met you at the club. And I was like, oh shit. And he was like, yeah, I do this, you know, during the day. And he, and he like asked me out, like I'd never been asked out flat out like that. He's like, can I take you out? And I was like, yeah. And he was cute. And he had like cute eyes and he was just like a cutie, like And he was hilarious. This guy was so much fun. He was he was seriously like a b-boy like Mm breakdancer. So one time he was like, meet me at the club on Wednesday. He he was like, I was like so turned on by how he danced. Like I would just watch him dance and he would like if a salsa song came on, he'd lead and like he would like battle with me and pop lock with me. Like it was the best thing about him. He had the best sense of humor. But um, yeah, he the ladies loved him. The ladies loved him and I was really jealous. And I was like, listen, shit or get off the pot, like be my boyfriend oh, or not. no friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not friends. Though. And he was like, he liked me. He's like, but I take things really slow. And yeah. he was like, and so, and that's just a part of the game. And he's a total coqueto. He's a, he's a flirt, but we're still good friends. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go out and see him in Vegas or when he swings through to LA, we'll go out and we'll grab dinner. So it's possible to be friends with your exes, you know, like it really is. It's, if they didn't give you strep. Yeah, fuck that dude. I blocked him. <laughs> I think he tried to add me on LinkedIn or something. I was like, "Dude, ew, get out of here." Ew, 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 ew. So guys can like look at my pictures and be like, "Oh man, she still looks good. Damn, she looks even better." Fuck. I ruined it. No, he moved away from Vegas. So, um, I mean, other just like Vegas, everybody has a story about making out with a dude on a dance floor and never seeing him again or mm-hmm. just it was just you can eat so well, you can shop designer if you if that's your thing. You can go to a cool show. I saw Britney at her residency. We saw. Can you believe all the stuff with Britney? What's your opinion on that? Oh, I've been saying free Britney for years. It just does that. Conservatory doesn't make sense. Like, Uh, it does not make sense. No, it doesn't. And it's just, you know, her dad's the devil. And it's really, really fucked. Also, my thing is like, listen, you are. She's an adult woman. Yes. Like, even if she's psyched. Psychologically deemed It's just It's all an inside job It's her dad and the lawyers Are all making money off of her Yep They're all in cahoots together Trying to keep her From having some freedom This is my thing If you're gonna be crazy You're gonna be crazy I mean look at Lindsay Lohan Yeah She's doing her own thing Why doesn't everyone have Like on every homeless person Why aren't there conservatorships Because there's no money Exactly Yeah and Britney's You know She just wants to have another baby With her hot boyfriend They put—they forced an IUD in her That's what I heard That's so fucked up She's just She's I've always loved Britney I think general consensus i don't think there's anybody who hates britney no you can't people, no you really people don't. can hate the kardashians and love the kardashians sure. people can hate Lindsay lohan or hate paris hilton but there's britney like you guys have to watch that documentary on netflix she is just a charming girl who just is she has a very innocent quality yes. about her yes and it's like she was. it's fascinating to see um, but yeah, we saw the Brez- Britney residency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when she was being drugged. Yeah, you know, like she was a little slumpy. But God, I would put on the hottest fucking dresses and just get looks from guys and. Oh, my God. I never gambled, though, believe it or not. No. I stayed completely sober. Even, like, quarters, quarter slots? Well, like, when people would come in, like, our cousin, Heather, who loves, you know, like, uh, Wheel of Fortune <laughs> 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 slots or something like that, all in a couple bucks. But I I'm, I never win. Yeah. So I'm like, I'd rather spend 20 bucks. It's a waste bucks. of money. It's a total waste of money. But Vegas is a great place. If you want to, like, UNLV is a great school. Mm-hmm. They have a really great basketball team. Um, if you want to if you are okay with like strip mall living and like maybe like strip mall living, as far as like, you have like a, a big box, you know, you have a, a home goods, a home Depot, uh, a CPK. That's like your excitement at yeah. the end of the block. Or if you want to go venture into the strip, my excitement, because I wasn't in the burbs of Vegas is I would literally like on a Tuesday night, I was like, oh, I don't feel like cooking. I'd go to Wolf King Puck cafe or I would like go to a steakhouse or something like that. Like I, it was very fabulous. So yeah. Vegas can be very fabulous done. Right. And um, would I move back there, I don't know, unless I had a partner or somebody, unless I had somebody out there that I was like, that could keep me company because it could be really boring unless you're grinding your ass off. Yes. 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 And I wasn't in the office all the time. Like I could work from anywhere. I had, you know, a laptop and my phones and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. man, well, let's let's close out this episode with the time you met Mike Tyson, because I can't believe you haven't said that story yet. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys, thank you for reminding me. I met Mike Tyson. So I was Doing my usual spray tan routine Don't worry it was a total spray tan Thank you. And I was pulling up into the spot And there was like a hookah bar next to it And I'm like that looks like Mike Tyson And then he turns around and I see a face tattoo I'm like that's fucking Mike Tyson so I'm like at okay. the hookah bar. At the hookah bar next to the tanning salon, which is right to next to a CVS. So like a weird <laughs> ass off it was like off Flamingo, like towards McCarran. It was just so random. It wasn't like a hookah bar in a hotel. And so I'm like, okay, Megan, this can go two ways. You could either say you saw Mike Tyson and nobody believes you, or you could take a risk and ask him for a picture. And so I did the latter. I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna go up and ask him for a picture. So I was like, hey, um, Mike. <laughs> I could I get a picture with you and he was like yes <laughs> He like looked me up and down and he was like um he's like okay and I, and the, i have the list because i think oh and God. we like get in the picture and we look like homies like we look <laughs> like buds i look all cute i had this like weird ombre extension going on so my hair was dark you guys are going to be so blown away i had like hair down to the middle of my back and it was like brown at the top and blonde at the bottom it was wild and i like have my like i have my yerman on and i was just like in like close to him he put his his homie took it at me i was like can your homie take it he's like yeah yeah takes a picture of me and i'm all smiling all cute and he puts his um he puts his arm around me and he like squeezes it and i was like oh he like squeezed my yanta like my love handle and i was like oh he's like mm, i'm gonna squeeze you like a th- charmin <laughs> like he, the toilet paper he did not say that yes he did he's like i'm gonna squeeze you like a charmin i swear and i was like uh-huh and that's when i was like oh shit this might have gone a little too far and i was like okay gotta go and then i like but you're in a cvs parking lot so it's pretty safe yeah but i mean like where do we continue this he's gonna invite me to share his hookah like i didn't want to hang out with him i just wanted a picture so he was super nice super duper nice I, I never ran into floyd though i used to see floyd running down las vegas boulevard he would literally run on las vegas boulevard with a like two es- like an escalade in front of him and an escalade behind him just running on the running on the side of the road Crazy. Oh my gosh. Crazy. So so many I saw Diplo. I I yeah, like I it was just like when I when the friends that would come in that would hook it up and it would be like side stage and something fun, that's when I would go out. But other than that, one time we were at a okay, I'll wrap it up with this. Michael and I were at it's one of the funny stories. And I have a video clip of it, so I'm gonna post it for you guys. Michael and I were having our little sibling outing. We were both bored, and so we were like, let's go to um let's go to marquee which is the club at cosmo and so there's different levels to the club so there's like the big room which mostly house music and there's like the boom box which is the hip-hop room so that's where me and michael went mm-hmm. and we're in there and this dj was like in the mix and me and michael were like kind of feeling it but not really and michael's like should i make a request and as a dj i'm like yeah but like tip her dude like don't go in all cold like butter her up so michael tips her 50 dollar bill a 50 dollar bill to play anything by dr dre and it's like um what's the song coming in? It's like, she get it from her mama. Mm. Uh, Is it juvenile? Like, I don't know. Anyways, so it's a hip hop session. We're like, oh shit, it's gonna come in. It's gonna come in. And because Michael had just tipped her 50 and she seemed pretty down and then she drops Miley Cyrus. Oh, And Michael was like, i can't dance to this what the fuck i paid her 50 and i was like dude that's the name of the game dude and i think it was a, i think it was a lesbian night too so like she was probably like what's this dude doing here but um she's like i'm not gonna play it for him uh but yeah it was just that was just the day in the life of me and mikey we would just go out on crazy adventures and fly around in the jet and um you know i flew to god i flew to panama i flew to cabo i flew in his gulf stream which is a Fat jet he had the one that Michael And I used to fly around in the CJ one was really Cool because it could fit like seven adults But it was it was efficient So like the gas it was like it was Like an economical jet the Gulfstream was big enough to have a flight Attendant in it oh and that's a lot of fuel Gangster that's a lot we flew to Panama oh my god I felt like a drug Lord I was like I feel like La Dona, You know, like it was so pimping. Even even my boss was like, You look so dope right now. Let me take a picture of you. Really? When I was sitting in the seat reading a magazine. Yeah, I was like, Thanks, boss. And Instagram was fairly new, but when I would post pictures up on Instagram, people would be like, Megan, what are you doing? Are you like a high class escort? I'm like, Do high class escorts wear pencil skirts and fly in jets alone no, or in the cockpit? Because I would fly with Michael in the cockpit yeah. if I was bored. So it was a great time. I mean, anything else, I don't know. You got to pay the Patreon to get the dirty deets on what else I did with that. Yeah, there may be a Vegas part, too, if we like picked it by a network. We'll see. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for listening and tuning in. That was Megan's Vegas Days. So um, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram so you can see all my clips and stories. I'm going to put up so many badass pictures so you guys can see how flak I was and all the little black dresses I wore. I mean, I killed the game hot. in Vegas. You are hot. Uh, I'm Me- hot just in a different way. After we do our, like, uh, Mexico retreat trip, we should do a Vegas through thick and Skin. A Vegas trip would be out of fucking control stay tuned i would i would not be responsible for you guys you'd have Mm -hmm. to sign consent forms i'd be like if your ass gets left in vegas that's not my fault go tell your (laughs) husband it's not megan's fault (laughs) 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 all right thanks guys Uh, see you next week bye